Welcome to the Days for Girls podcast, a show about breaking barriers for women and girls around the world. I'm your host, Jessica Williams, Chief Development and Communications Officer at Days for Girls International. At Days for Girls, we believe in a world where periods are never a problem. We are on a mission to shatter the stigma and limitations associated with menstruation by increasing access to sustainable period products and menstrual health education for all people with periods. Today's episode is with Rochelle Courtney. Rochelle is the founder and managing director of Share the Dignity. Share the Dignity is an Australian charity founded in 2015 with the mission to bring dignity to women and girls experiencing homelessness, domestic violence, and period poverty through the distribution of period products. Share the Dignity has donated over 3.5 million period products through multiple initiatives across Australia. I so enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to share it with you. Now let's go on to the show. Rochelle, it is so lovely to have you on the Dates for Girls podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me to chat to you. I love to talk about periods and all things menstruation, so I'm up for it. (laughs) Well, I love your accents. Anytime I get to talk to someone in Australia, I'm just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> oh God, most of us just don't like to hear our own voices back, right? As mothers. <laughs> well, your accent is lovely. And Thank I'm you. really excited. I did some research about your organization and the work that you're doing, and it is so inspiring. So I thought we could start out by having you talk about your um the inspiration behind. Uh, why you started Share the Dignity and um, a little bit about that story. Yeah, look, um, in March 2015, I read an article that was online by Mamma Mia that talked about how there were 48,000 women who are experiencing homelessness in Australia and how they didn't have somewhere to sleep, somewhere safe to sleep. But what I read next completely changed me and changed Australia forever, actually, that they were going without pads and tampons and I just couldn't have imagined a life where I didn't have the ability to to buy product for my myself or my daughters and I just thought what a bloody privileged life to have led that didn't you didn't even understand that people were going without um the basic of essentials and I knew that um that I knew that my job was to make sure that there wasn't another woman in Australia who didn't know that the problem existed because like me they would be shocked and embarrassed and want to fix the problem, right? So that was probably the first start to it. And it was also I'd suffered severely from endometriosis. So for me to have a tampon and a pad, and if I had to drive more than an hour, I would have to sit on a towel. Um, that That's how I dealt with my period, but I, could, I always had a bathroom and I always had access to sanitary items. Would Share the Dignity be here if that wasn't a massive problem for me? Probably not. I probably would have jogged on because it wasn't, wouldn't have resonated so badly with me. But for me, it was like the problem just needed to be fixed. And I just saw a solution for it that if every one of us donated a packet and we gave them out to the charities that were working with those women, that we would be able to fix the problem. Little did I know, though, the problem was much greater than just 48,000 women who are experiencing homelessness. I I thought 48,000 people, easy, we can do that. It's not like we're giving a woman a warm jacket. It keeps her warm for years. It's a monthly problem. But 48,000 people, we could do that. That is not the case in Australia. There are close to a million women and girls in Australia who are going through period poverty every single month. And um, 
for sometimes I have rocked in a fetal position wondering how on earth we would do it, but we just do the best that we can. And I always say at Share the Dignity, we don't make mistakes. We just learn to do things better. Isn't it fascinating? Uh, prior to working at Days for Girls, uh, this issue was, um, you know, maybe just kind of uh, something that I was peripherally uh, like aware of, but I didn't understand how widespread and uh, m- like massive this problem was and how it is at the root of uh, uh, some of the gender inequities that exist around the world. And, and it has, for me, it was kind of this, I was almost embarrassed that I, I didn't know about it. Um, do you hear Absolutely. that a lot from women? <laughs> Absolutely. I think that, uh, uh, you know, I go back to it all the time that there isn't a woman in Australia around the world who wouldn't be empathetic to another woman having to use socks or watered up toilet paper to deal with her period and be part of the solution. Women, women are incredible at being part of the solution. So my job was to make sure that it was easy to donate, it was easy to volunteer, and it was easy to shared the dignity right which was what it was all it's all it was really about making sure that there wasn't a person in Australia didn't know about it and yet that job for me is still not complete because there's still people out there when I can go into a room and talk and people and I'll say who's heard of share the dignity and only half of them will put their hand up or you know so we still have a long way to go Um, but I'm very proud of the fact that you know we do two collection drives a year so our collection boxes go out to every Woolworths store in Australia. So Woolworths is a very big supermarket chain. Um, it's um, one of one of three very big chains in Australia, um, which we're very excited to have them on board. Um, and probably another thousand other places during those months, people like beauty salons, hairdressing, um, government offices, banks, you know, it's anyone who will put their hand up and say they want to be part of eradicating period poverty here in Australia. So um, making it super easy for them was really important. And we have six and a half thousand of these incredible people we call sheroes and heroes around Australia who make Share the Dignity happen. Without them, we wouldn't be anything because if a product is donated in, say, Bendigo or Brackenridge, it doesn't matter because there is a local volunteer who will pick them up, count them and get them to the charities to help the local women who are doing it tough. So are you mostly working with disposable products or, or what type of period products are you distributing? It's mostly it's mostly pads and tampons and incontinence products. But obviously we would love, we've collected now 3.6 million packets of sanitary items and we've probably collected, I think that we're close to 13,000 menstrual cups and period undies and things like that. We would love more of those donated, but obviously from a donor's perspective, when they're picking up a packet of pads or tampons, that's a fiver, right? But when they're picking up a menstrual cup, that's $35. Absolutely, you know, those reusable options would be great because they're so good for the environment and they're so good for the end recipient because then they don't have to put their hand out every month and need to deal with their period again. But that to me is about education. I think that when we start to remove the shame and stigma around menstruation, we will, and to educate, we will start to see a change and a shift in. I didn't even know what a menstrual cup was before seven years ago. I didn't even know. Well, when we first started Share the Dignity, there were two period undies on the market now there's like about 70 so it's a really growing um piece of the economy but it needs to come with education 
Absolutely. So do you do the education yourselves or do you partner with anyone for that piece? Um, So we partnered with um, Period Talk by Talk Revolution. We funded um, these six sassy kids delivering period education to kids. So, And two of them are boys. And they talk about What's a menstrual cup? How much blood do I do I lose? Um, what is a normal pain threshold? Now we never learned that sort of thing. So, but I think that the fact that it is the first time that kids are actually educating kids and it's made really cool and it's um, got all of the tools that all the teachers need. Um, and so for us, we have partnered with some of the states in Australia. We have eight different states in Australia, so eight different education departments that I need to be um, speaking with. So in Queensland, we've rolled out um, period talk to every school in Queensland um, through the education department. And that for me means the world because that's the change that we need to see to remove the shame and stigma and to make sure that boys and girls are educated. Because if we don't educate boys, they end up being somebody's dad, they end up being somebody's partner somebody's boss and they have no understanding around menstruation that's crazy yeah it's really a collective issue right yeah yeah Um, absolutely and you can't I also don't believe in just giving product as a solution to eradicate period poverty period eradicating period poverty requires a multi-pronged approach we need to make sure we get the product to them we need to be part of the solution to removing the shame and stigma and then we need to be educating to be able to 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 play a, a role in wrapping our arms around ending period poverty here in Australia. Yeah, I love um, the name of your organization because um, I just keep thinking about the word dignity, and we use that word at Days for Girls, and just how um, how important that word is, and how tied to um, the fact that there is so much shame and stigma around menstruation, and it is about bringing a sense of dignity and humanity back to women and girls who need it. Absolutely. It's such, you know, I always go back to at the very beginning, I was told a story about a woman who stole who stole a packet of pads off a um, shelf in a petrol station, went into the bathroom, cleaned herself up, took the sh- packet back, took the two out that she left and then left the petrol station. And the and the lady who was telling me the story said, what was less dignified, stealing them or going without? You know, like, so, you know, those stories are so common that, um, you know, people say, oh, stealing, stealing. But yes, it is. But, I mean, what would you rather do? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just so not true. a place that people anywhere in the world should ever have to choose to be in. Mm-hmm. And we all know that feeling. I mean, I live in the United States. You live in Australia. I consider myself very privileged and um, I still have times where, you know, I don't have access to a tampon or a period product and I'm having to, you know, come up with a solution on the fly. And it is, it is uh, embarrassing and it can be wrapped around a lot of shame and fear. (laughs) And the anxiety, that mental anxiety that that causes, I know from the perspective of never having bled so much during my period that I could not sit in a meeting longer than an hour without having an accident. So that anxiety for me, imagine having that all of the time when you've got your period because you don't know where you're going to get your next tampon from. Oh yeah. Next pad. You know, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine it. So 
You know, mm. our, our job is to make sure that we do the best we can for those women who don't have voices and, and don't have what we have right now. Absolutely. So you're organizing the Global Period Poverty Forum, which Days for Girls is participating in, and this is uh, this October 10th through the 12th. So can you talk more about this event and what inspired it and, and what people could expect? Yeah, I am so proud of the Global Period Poverty Forum. It has been about 18 months in the making, and it really came together because I was speaking to Danika from the Period Place in New Zealand, who'd asked if I would um, catch up with her. And after I'd spoken to her, she's like, oh, my God, I wish I'd spoken to you eight months ago. I would have learned so much. I would have, you know, done so. And I, and I learned from her as well. And every time that you speak to somebody, you always learn things from them. And I just thought, look, there has to be a way where we could all come together in a room and learn from each other, have an understanding of not just the good things that have happened, but what are some of the silly things that have happened that would save us all time and money and effort and resources, right? So the Global Period Poverty Forum was a, was based around how do we all come together to make sure that our impact is greater around the world. And there are so many amazing people doing great things around the world, but we're all very disconnected. How do we make sure that we can learn from each other, know that we're all there for each other and be there for the women and girls in the lucky countries, but also the not so lucky countries. Well, you're putting together a lot of speakers and uh, uh, quite a huge agenda. So is this something people can participate in, even if they're not based in Australia? Absolutely. So we have bringing together a global period poverty forum for me meant that we needed to have representation from everyone around the world. So we have 44 speakers from around the world, from Japan through to um, the islands right through to Brazil. We made sure that globally, because we could have had 10 speakers from the US and 10 more from the from UK and more from Australia, but we needed to make sure that it had global representation, which has never been done before. We've had, um, you know, period poverty um, forums that have taken place, but they're always based on where you, where you are and in certain areas. And we wanted to make sure that this was something that had never been done and how do we get an outcome globally that makes the world a better place? And that is that is the absolute goal of the Global Period Poverty Forum. The three days, we could have gone for seven days. There are so many topics to discuss. So to try to get it into um, three days, we've been working together as a global advisory, content advisory board for a year um, on what does that look like. And for us, it was about, it's about air. Advocacy, impact, and research. So they're the three main um, pieces that are in every day. And then we've broken it down each day into advocacy, impact, and research. And um, where to from here kind of thing. So we're making sure that, you know, we're trying to cover what we can and we know that this is the first of and there will definitely be another one in another two years' time. We're hoping that it's... Um, Singapore or America or UK, we're not quite sure. We're just going to do the first one first and and go from there. But we want but we want to have a goal at the end of the conference that we all say, yeah, we put our hand up and we're going to to work towards that goal. What that goal is, it, I don't know until the conference, until everybody's in the room. It's not about this conference is not about share the dignity. It's not about Australia. It's about everybody. And how do we have a bigger, better impact on the world? 
Have you ever done anything like this before? No, (laughs) I've never done anything like Share the Dignity before either. So, you know, I'm just winging it. I am doing what I've always done and that's surrounding myself with amazing women because when, you know, when women come together, incredible shit gets done. It's the truth. I 100% agree. That's been my experience in life. So yeah. You have done so much and it's really inspirational. Um, can you talk a little bit about your background and um, how you personally grew up and maybe how that informed some of the work that you do today? Yeah, I would say um, I am a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend. I think that um, I'm a, I've am played netball since I was eight until I was 48 when the doctors then said, no more, we're not doing any more knee operations. So I played netball for 40 years of my life. Um, and I coached since I was like 15 years old and I was coaching 10 year olds. So for me, that had a really big impact on understanding how to get people to do what you needed to do and how teamwork is so very important. And, you know, I've got five friends that I went to primary school with. We are still the best of friends who would speak nearly every day, go away twice a year together. Friendships for me are, are gold. And I, I feel like, um, That has been a really important part of my life. But I also came from a home that had domestic violence. I was, um, our life was full of violence as a, as a, as a youngster. And so there was a lot of trauma in, in my life. And I don't think I ever dealt with that until probably until I hit, you know, 50 or even after Share the Dignity. But I think that that had a really big impact on who I am. And I think that empathy piece is really important, um, to who I am. But I think more so is that, resilience and that piece where I don't care if I fail what what if what what happens you know when I first started share the dignity people didn't want to talk about periods they did not want to talk about but my thing was well if you say no no big and I'll go ask somebody else and I'll come back to you and I'll just ask you in a different way so um that whole um piece for me being resilient and having to just dust yourself off always has been um now I look back at it and think you know what that that happened in my life to be able to make me be who I am today. And, and, I, and I am now a mother of two, a grandmother of two. I am a wife. I am the best friend you can ever have. And I love share the dignity like it's my baby. So, um, and now I have, I feel like I've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of more friends because our volunteers who give their time give it to help do something that I passionately believed in. And I love them endlessly for it. And I'm so grateful to all of them. And I, you know, whilst I get to lead them, it's my privilege to be part of that. The fact that you build this coalition of volunteers and and they do so much and, and you have so many people in um in your organization that are helping, it really is phenomenal what you've created. And I'm I'm curious of all the things that you've done, what is what is is there one or two things that you're most proud of an accomplishment that you you really look back on and you think man that feels really good that you know I achieved that or, or that we achieved that as as a yeah, team yeah I don't do things alone so I make it very clear that I am probably the voice and the oldest face around to be putting this forward but I am surrounded always by incredible women and men who support the work that we do. I would have to say I'm most proud of being part of the really big battle to remove the GST on sanitary items that we had in Australia. Um, I attended um, a politics at the in the pub to and asked the question to our then Prime Minister 
do you think it's fair that women are paying GST on sanitary items? And he answered, I've heard no noise from anyone about this, even though for 20 years women had signed a thousand change.org um, pieces, they just hadn't done it in the way that we that we did it. So I was so angry at his dismissal of me and the fact that we paid G luxurious GST. That was in the January, at the end of January in 2018, by the 1st of January 2019, that GST had been removed. So yes, we had some noise, Mr. Prime Minister, and yes, the women of Australia we were heard. So we created a federal petition. So we didn't do the change.org route. We went with the federal petition. We got all of our, we got as many politicians on board as we could, but we also um went the legal route. So we I we threatened them with a class action suit of every woman charging them back for the money that we've paid because GST was only applicable if it wasn't a medical. They were taxing them like they were um, luxurious, but they actually fell under the Therapeutics Goods Association Act. So they were medical. So you're being completely contradictory. And so literally we won that fight and that's probably the most proudest thing that I've been part of. But I would also say that the fight from very early on to make sure that every that no girl ever misses out on a day of education because her family can't afford access to sanitary items is probably very next up there. Every state in Australia has now, we now have access to sanitary items funded by the governments in each state, um, which I'm super proud of because that's been a long, long battle to make sure. We were funding it, absolutely, until they came in, but also that bloody big survey that we did last year had a really big impact on making sure that they understood the enormity of the problem. And I think some of what we do in this space in eradicating period poverty, we have the problem that we have no data. So we can't fight the fights that we need to have with the government, with the men who need to see data. Um, so I would love to see come out of the Global Period Poverty Forum a piece of data that we all do globally that gives us a starting point on where we all are sitting and that we can take that to each government. We have that now in Australia, we had 125,000 respondents, which is now the biggest body of data the world's ever seen on menstruation, which is crazy. We did it all in-house, right? How do we do that? I mean, we did have Facebook on board. So we had the world's biggest communicator on board to help us roll out that campaign. Um, but I'm very sure they do that globally too. But how do we all come together and get that body of data so we can make real change? For those who want to be a part of the Global Period Poverty Forum, where can they go to learn more about that? Yeah, so the Global Period Poverty Forum, we're so excited to have Zoom sponsor us with this. So it will be available to everybody around the world. So whether you're watching in your lounge room, it is happening in Australia on the 10th, 11th and 12th. I think at this stage, there's probably only about 20 available seats left, but Zoom makes it be available for everybody. So please head to www.sharethedignity.org.au to get your Zoom ticket and be part of it. There are the, the content that's going to come out of this is going to change the world. It's, it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to joining. And if folks want to connect with you personally and Share the Dignity on social media or online, um, you just shared the website for Share the Dignity, but um, for social media, where, where can they find you? Yeah, we've got Facebook, Twitter, we've got LinkedIn, we've got it all. So you can just find us under Share the Dignity 
um, Australia or just share the dignity. Great. Awesome. And if folks want to support you and the work that you're doing, what's the best thing thing that they could do to help you out right now? Yeah, I think it's just the same thing with Days for Girls and anyone who's working in this space. Have a conversation that period poverty exists. Make sure that we there isn't a person that you know that doesn't realize that this problem exists because we're all part of the solution. And I think that is the most important thing that anyone can do to help any of us. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. It has just been wonderful to talk to you. I can't wait to attend the Period Poverty Forum. And thank you for all of the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. We, I mean, we work with Days for Girls here in Australia. When we send out pallets to our remote Indigenous communities, we make sure that they've got pads, tampons and reusables all on there. So, you know, we're all part of doing what we can to make this, this problem go away. I love that spirit. I really appreciate yeah. that. The Days for Girls podcast is produced by Days for Girls International. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit daysforgirls.org forward slash podcast. If you'd like to support the work we do on the show, leave a rating or a review wherever you listen, subscribe to the show and share episodes on social media or with your friends. To learn more about Days for Girls and to join our global movement, please visit daysforgirls.org. Thank you for listening. See you next time.